the That's Good From You podcast welcomes you into a dynamic conversation about faith and following King Jesus in a complex world. Join us as we grapple with difficult questions and learn to live in the tension. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. We're back. That's Good From You is back. It has been a really long time. I feel like we say that at the start of every episode. This has been the longest break <laughs> we've had so far. It's true. Easily. And at some point we may be able to tell you why it's not really <laughs> shareable just yet, which yeah. is ironic given yeah. yes, today's topic. topic. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, there's been a lot going on, but we're, mm. we're stoked to be back on board, mm. back in a new space. Yeah, so we are in a new space. If you head over to our Instagram account, you'll be able to see a picture of that probably up in our stories at some point. Yes, yeah, seriously. Today. Y'all should see it. We're like sitting on like green velvet couches <laughs> right now. It's like absolutely dreamy. <laughs> it literally is set up to look good on Instagram. That's right. Yep. Aesthetics. <laughs> That's what we're here for. It's not we really what we're here for. We are here for this. Mm. So what is happening, Emma? What... What are we talking about today and how on earth did we land on a topic that we both don't want to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, me getting here this morning and I was just like eye rolling already at the thought of needing to talk about this. But um, I reckon it was about a week ago. So if you bought a GoPro, weren't sure if that was a good financial choice, but she did it anyway. Um, No, I definitely encouraged her. And so I bought a GoPro. Also, she bought this um, really fun card question asking game. Yeah. And we just thought, you know what, let's go down to the park. Let's test out this GoPro let's ask um some questions from this Mm. awesome game and we'll just like film see how the GoPro turns out just like Mm. see what this car game's on about and turns out that during this process we both (laughs) discovered that we loathe vulnerability yep it's a a strong word yeah but uh, Uh, yeah hate (laughs) loathe detest (laughs) all of the related synonyms I like running away from that yeah, yeah, I've known this about myself for a, a long time. Like it came up a lot in my study, um, huh. in my like ministry theology study. But it was interesting as we were talking, some of the things that I was articulating, you were like, oh my gosh, that's me. Yeah, I didn't realise mm. that Sophie was articulating that she almost masks herself in a way where she uh, fakes mm-hmm. how vulnerable she is, yep. has a real sense of control over what she shares, but makes you think that she yes. is being vulnerable when really yep. she is in full control and is just like, yep. yeah, faking it to the point where she's like, oh, we're building connection, but really. And I'm, I'm like, control. I'm not doing it to be a jerk. Like, let me just <laughs> put that out there. It's not like, it's not out of a mani- sense of manipulation or like me wanting to like control other people Mm. and we'll get to this a little bit later but it's out of a sense of having been vulnerable in the past and that not going well and so now it's like okay I'll be vulnerable to a point that makes you think I'm being vulnerable with you but that still keeps me safe yeah interesting and I didn't realize that was the same for me because it's funny I feel like my entire life I've almost like uh, prided myself on Mm. being vulnerable and I'm like yeah vulnerability is my thing like wear my heart on my sleeve but um I definitely have discovered probably within the past week that Mm. I love it when people are vulnerable with me because I know that it builds such a deep sense of connection and that is just all that I'm on about. But I hate reciprocating Mm. and I just kind of mixed up those two things. I was like people being vulnerable with me, that sense of connection that I love to feel um, has been really mixed up with me needing to do the same thing for others. But I'm just, Mm. it's really not about that. 
<laughs> yeah. And I think the question that came out of the like pack that I've got that we'll talk a little bit more about later in the episode was something about um, fear of rejection. I feel like it was, you know, yeah. what have you done that um, like you put, wait, when was the time you put yourself out there, even though like rejection was a possibility and you were like, what? Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm like, I'll start gagging. Um, like prepare yourself for gagging noises in this episode. Cause I'm like, Oh, vulnerability just makes me want to bath. Mm. But I didn't realise that I deeply believe that. Mm. And I guess the difficulty for both of us in realising that we don't like vulnerability is we know deep down Mm. that vulnerability is really important and it's a really important part of what it means to be human and connecting with other people and yet, and we want to connect with other people and yet we don't want to be vulnerable that's a really challenging point to get to when you realize the thing that's going to help you connect with others is something Mm -hmm. that you are afraid of absolutely that's right I remember like months ago shout out to my housemate um I just remember sitting on the couch it's she's such a night owl right and so I'm a morning person we'll get to like 11 o'clock at night we're sitting on the couch and I'm absolutely cooked and she is just firing up at that point so it's when she turns on to her theological questions or deep questions and I remember her asking one night like well what's a pro of vulnerability like why do we be vulnerable what's the point of it Mm. and I just remember us coming to this conclusion even in my delirium that it's it just builds connection, right? Mm. It's like vulnerability, the wor- the risk of, um, I don't know, being stomped all over or the mm. risk of being hurt or being rejected is so worth um, the connection that comes mm. from vulnerability. At the core of vulnerability is connection, right? Mm. And I hear you saying that and I hear you saying it's worth <laughs> the risk and everything inside of me is like, but is it though? <laughs> Literally me too. When you call me out just then I'm like, oh, do I actually believe that? No, I do. I just don't like doing it. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the key thing. I, I believe that that is true, that it's worth the risk, mm. but it is a risk. Right. And it's scary. Absolutely. Mm. It's worth connection. Yeah. Mm. And like people could listen to this and go, you know, like why is connection so key? Like why is um, – why, why does it matter if we connect with others? All those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Mm-hmm. We've been having this conversation about it. Like it really for us um, in terms of faith goes back to the Garden of Eden, mm. the way God created everything, the yeah. way he set us up to be in relationship with him, uh, in relationship with ourselves, to have good whole healthy self-image, to be in mm. relationship with others and to be in relationship with creation. And it's this framework that we have that comes out of that probably lots of scholars writing about yeah. it, but a book called The Drama of Scripture, mm. Finding Our Place in the Biblical Story by Craig Bartholomew and Michael Goheen. And they really say that what it means to be human is to be in relationship. In fact, they go so far as to say, and let me see if I can find this quote. Here it is. Um, They go so far as to say, none of us can be fully human on our own. Oh, that's mind-blowing, isn't it? It is. It's particularly mind-blowing in a worldview or a culture that says, bit like that's individualistic, Mm, that says that you can be fully independent. You find uh, your true self and you've like, you know, figured out the good life. Yes. And so this is not a like, you know, Mm. finding a soulmate to complete me kind of framework, Mm. but it's the idea that the one thing in Genesis 1 and 2 in creation that is said to be not good, everything else is said to be good. Mm. And God says there's one thing that's not good and that is for humans to be alone. Mm. So we are created to be in relationship with our creator, with God. We're created to be in relationship with others 
created to be in relationship with ourselves, to mm. have whole good, self healthy, image. whole yeah. self image and to be in right relationship with the world, with work, with creation, with all of those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. So this is the framework that we're coming from, that connection is key. Absolutely. I mean, mm. it's a biblical understanding of humanity, of what it means yes. to be human. And if we're tracing it back to Genesis 1 and 2, then we could say, what does it mean to be human? It means to be in relationship mm. with, you know, God, self, others, all of creation. And to really boil it down, it means to be in relationship, yes. to be connected yes, um, and to be in connection with others. Mm. Um, and so that's where we're, we're going today. Yeah. Is what does it mean to be human? It means to mm. connect. Yeah. So we're tying this into kind of the big theme that we're looking at all year. What does mm. it mean to be human? And here we're talking about connection and relationship with others. And unfortunately for us, that also requires vulnerability. <laughs> that's right. And I think that's where we got last week when we're sitting in the park on a glorious day that it was. It was like, wow, to connect with others, what does it take to connect with other people? Mm. And there are so many things that it takes to bring connection between people. And yes. I mean, like time, it takes a lot of time. Mm to be connecting with others. It takes, well, I mean, obviously another person to connect <laughs> yes. with um, when we're thinking about connecting with other people. But mm. I think at the core of it, like vulnerability mm. is what it takes to deeply connect mm. with the other. Yeah. Courage to be vulnerable. Right. And you need courage to be, well, at least for us, we need courage to be vulnerable. If you're the kind of person who finds vulnerability really easy, please message us and let us know how that is a thing for you. Honestly, that's right. <laughs> yep. Vulnerability is necessary for connection. Yes. Yep. And I mean, our thinking around this has been shaped by an awesome researcher, storyteller, Brené Brown. Yes, we love her. We do love Brené. She is awesome. She's um, written a book, oh, not even lately, maybe a couple of years ago, Atlas of the Heart. If you haven't seen it, oh my gosh, pick it up. It's so good. Mm. She, again, yes, researcher, storyteller um, of emotions. I mean, she's done a lot of research into shame, vulnerability, courage, written yep. a bunch of books on what it looks like to live as a human, mm. experiencing these emotions and how to yeah, and experiencing imperfection. So another mm. book, so Atlas of the Heart's one to pick up, but Gifts of Imperfection is another one of hers where she talks about perfectionism and that oh. imperfection is actually a gift. Vomit. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> um, but Brené has some awesome stuff on vulnerability. Mm. And, I mean, she talks about vulnerability as, um, as being seen, mm. that sense of, like, being exposed. And we were talking about courage before, that idea that um, – it takes courage to be vulnerable. Yes. And Brené says she really wants to reframe what it means to be vulnerable with mm. others by saying that vulnerability is not weakness mm. in any way, but vulnerability yeah. is actually our greatest measure of courage mm. that being vulnerable shows just how courageous we are as people. And she mm. talked about, I mean, we were watching a video not that long ago about um, the word courage and where that stems from. It's a Latin word called core. And she says that in her research, she's discovered that the word courage actually meant in its original language in the Latin that um, it means to tell your story wholeheartedly, like mm. willingly tell mm. your story. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, not the opposite of what I do when I'm masking. It's not like I'm not sharing any of my story, mm. but I think that wholeheartedly part is key because I'm not, my whole heart is not in it. As in, you're not getting to see the fullness of what's going on 
internally for me. So I'll share my story, Mm. but not necessarily wholeheartedly. Yeah. But I mean, and if you share part of yourself or part Mm. of your heart, then you've kind of like reserved part of yourself so that Mm. if part of you does get stomped all over and rejected Mm. and yet Mm. abused, if you want to put that word out there, then at least you've got something reserved. Yes. Yep. Um, A part of my story is kept safe and hidden away but what does like what does that cost to okay. do that in terms of connection good because at that point I was like well that sounds really appealing I do like <laughs> keeping myself safe <laughs> I mean okay. we all do it is like it's a human need to be safe but it yeah it it's a challenge to work out is it worth keeping a significant part of my story safe in order to keep myself safe but then risk not connecting with others right to the to the fullness of what you could mm. yeah yeah wow yeah um it's funny Brené has this amazing quote which I find really interesting and I want to share it with you she says vulnerability is the center of shame and fear but mm. it's also the birthplace of joy and love and it's actually where we find connection and yes. I find that really interesting there's a real tension in there yes that vulnerability is the center of our shame and fear as humans Mm. and yet it's also the birthplace of really beautiful things yes so she says that you can't just numb shame and fear if you numb shame and fear you're numbing all emotions including love and joy and all of the good things and so like shame and fear if we were to like, oh, I guess explore why we're not willing to be vulnerable, I think at the end of the day it probably would come down to either both of those things, shame mm-hmm. and fear totally. or one of them, fear of rejection, uh, yeah. shame of having parts of ourselves seen that maybe we don't mm-hmm. want seen, mm-hmm. not being seen as perfect, all those sorts of things, but that we can't just numb those. And what I find fascinating is that in Genesis 3, so we talked about Genesis 1 and 2, humans are created for relationship. In Genesis 3, we see the breakdown of all four of those relationships. There's a breakdown mm-hmm. in relationship between God and people, people within themselves. Um, Adam and Eve, the first two humans, mm-hmm. uh, have a breakdown in relationship yep. between people one and another. And, yep. and then there's a breakdown between humans and creation. And all of that is said to stem out of shame and fear yeah. it says that the humans were afraid and hid from god yeah, sense of fear. And, yep, and that they realized they were naked and they felt ashamed and right. so in genesis yeah. 3 we literally see the entrance of fear and shame into the human narrative into the human story and then we also see the disconnect or the breakdown or the brokenness totally. of relationship yes because what's the consequence of this shame and fear entering in mm. is withdrawal yes. right they withdraw from god they hide they run yep. and they withdraw from one another yes um yep so we've literally seen that relationship can be broken by a people giving into that fear and shame and not being open seen vulnerable with one another mm. that's crazy that basically what Brene Brown is find Brene Brown is finding in her research is reflected in the biblical narrative yeah that's wild and I mean she says here again she says shame erodes our courage mm. and fuels disengagement yes yep so any shame we experience in our lives fuels us disengaging from one another it's as if uh and if we want to put this kind of language around it it's as if satan the antagonist in the biblical narrative Mm. knew that putting shame in the story would stop us doing the thing that we were created absolutely to do which is connection which is connect with others with god with ourselves with creation it like it's crazy to me that that disengagement that Brene brown has found through shame and fear people disengage because they feel shame and fear 
is the core of the brokenness in the biblical narrative. Mm. It's un- like unreal. The other really interesting thing Brene Brown says about shame is that no one wants to talk about it, which I think is a pretty yeah. good good analysis. But yeah. she says the less you talk about it, the more you have of it. So actually in order oh. – Yeah, yes. So shame increases – the uh, more we disengage, the more we hide, the more we withdraw uh-huh. and the more shame we experience, the less likely we are to be vulnerable. And so we end up in this vicious cycle where we don't want to talk about shame. So we don't talk about shame, which brings more shame, Yeah, which then stops us talking about shame, which brings more shame. Absolutely. And the thing that breaks that cycle is the courage to be vulnerable, the courage to be seen, the yep. courage to be known, yep. loved, mm. all those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, what I think if I find interesting is that people often think that they're perhaps breaking that cycle mm. um, on social media, like mm. with the use of social media when it comes to, I don't know, I think people fool themselves into thinking that they're being vulnerable and to thinking that they're being courageous by connecting with other people online mm. when it's almost like a false sense of vulnerability. Mm. Yes. It, it's hard because like some people really do find their community online mm. um you think about like some and I'm, this is going to sound so ridiculous me saying this but like some gaming communities like they they really do find yeah. kind of their people online totally. and so but there's still a lot of um like verbal interaction that goes on 100% whereas what I like I'm thinking when you say that I'm thinking about social media and and being able to put certain things out about yourself and things that might be vulnerable but it it's edited and it's not us sitting together in a room, you having to see my body language. Absolutely. It's still masked, right? Yes. And if the point of connection is like wholehearted Mm. willingness to share your story and to be Mm. vulnerable, then there is still a sense of barrier when it comes to online connection. Yeah. And I'm not sure wholeheartedly sharing my story on social media is something that (laughs) (laughs) just, I wouldn't, I personally, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. Some people, some people do, but there is a rise in loneliness. It's one of the, like researchers will say it's one of the biggest things at the moment is Mm. the rise in loneliness. And it's a thing that when asked like what, what people would change about their lives, like the rise in loneliness Mm -hmm. is like one of the things that people are are talking about in lots of different social research. And I like, you've got to ask the question, has social media tricked us into thinking that we're connecting with others deeply? Wow. And like, yes. And yes or no to that is not, it's not that simple. Like, Cause mm-hmm. you know, it, it's complex, but I do wonder about the times where I am not wanting to be vulnerable or like just not feeling like connecting with people in mm-hmm. real life. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in my room by myself scrolling, mm-hmm. sometimes doom scrolling, depending, yeah. <laughs> depending on the day. And if someone messages me or if I like respond, like if I comment on a post and mm-hmm. then someone comments back, it feels like I'm having human connection, but really I'm not being seen. I'm not being heard on it, like on a deep level. And so I can walk away and go, well, I've connected with people because yeah. I've been messaging them or they've like, we've been commenting on something and yeah. and sharing something, but it's not the true kind of deep connection that we're talking about Absolutely. here. Absolutely. It's filtered. Yes. Right? Yep. Because you can share something vulnerable with someone online, but at the end of the day, they have plenty of time to respond and see mm. a message mm. and filter their response based on what you said and based on what they're thinking. It's not an immediate mm response to someone's story and vulnerability yeah which is really where connections build yeah and I find myself doing this at work as well like when something hard needs to be said it's heaps easier for me to sit in front of my computer for an hour and a half and craft an email (laughs) that's completely 
filtered rather than go to the person, risk crying in front of them, risk getting emotional or angry or whatever and saying what I think. It's much easier for me to sit behind a keyboard and do that. And I think I've been trained or I've kind of conditioned myself to get to the point where I'd much rather have that conversation over email. It's fascinating because you know what's happened to me the last couple of weeks is I've found this new like empowerment of having Mm. upfront conversations with people and like – like conversations where I am put in a really vulnerable position with like Mm. people that are above me at like management level and Mm. I'm like coming in with the, you know, risk of Emma bawling her eyes out and being really vulnerable. And Hmm. um, I have found that even just a couple of moments or experiences that I have realised people have received my vulnerability well, I have felt such a level of empowerment and it's pushing me to want to do it more. And so, like, I am, like, such a boss right now at work. I'm like, oh, you want to have a conversation with me? I'll tell you how it is. <laughs> I'm feeling so good about it. But it's, I think it's purely based on the fact that I had, like, a good couple moments mm. of, oh, I showed vulnerability just now. I had the courage to say it how it was. Someone mm. received that well. Mm. And now this perhaps this narrative in my mind of, oh, when I'm vulnerable, I'm going to be rejected mm. is starting to change into a when I'm vulnerable, that actually takes a lot of courage. And sometimes people receive mm. that well and that gives me a sense of empowerment. That's fascinating mm. because I think the elephant in the room the entire time we've been talking is those experiences that we've probably all had mm. where we have been vulnerable and it hasn't gone well. Yeah. Even before we started recording, we were talking about some inst- like in some times that we could think where that had happened to mm. us where we were vulnerable and someone laughed at us. We were vulnerable yeah. and someone used th- what we said against us where we mm. were vulnerable and the person just completely disconnected from the conversation and didn't respond at all. Oh. And for me particularly, every single time in my life that that's happened, it's taught me and I've created this narrative, vulnerability isn't safe. It's not safe to be vulnerable. And when you step out of your comfort zone, you step out and you try to be vulnerable Mm. and then someone treats that badly, it Mm -hmm. just reaffirms the narrative. It's not safe to be vulnerable. What you're talking about is almost the redeeming part of it where you have the courage to be vulnerable and you have a good experience. Because that really is what healing is, right? Mm. The pathway to healing is that you have redeeming experiences or redeeming moments of things that weren't so Mm. good, but uh, you experience what it can be like to actually move through something well or someone to receive your vulnerability Mm. well. It's about redeeming moments and looking for those redeeming moments, putting yourself on the line, Mm. even when there is risk, Mm. but knowing that healing actually comes when you can recreate your narrative, Mm. turn it around. Yeah. And so if you've experienced any kind of trauma around this or abuse around this, the key then would be obviously like working with a therapist and all those sorts of things, but obviously finding someone or a few people who are safe to do that with. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking, you know, getting up in front of a crowd of people totally. who you don't know and sharing your deepest shame and fear with them. And hoping that's going to be <laughs> your redeeming experience. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> but finding those people who are safe, who uh, know what it means to be empathetic, mm. to hear people who um, they hear people's shame and fear and trust that they're going to receive that well. Absolutely. To not reject you. Yeah. And that still takes risk. Oh, huge. But part of starting with someone who is safe is it's not that the whole goal of life is minimizing risk, but it does, it does minimize the risk. Yeah. And that's going to be part of the process of healing. 
That's right. And I mean, we come back to Brené Brown. She talks about how the antidote to shame is empathy Mm -hmm. and someone responding with empathy Mm. toward you. And I mean, it was only a couple of weeks ago, I rang one of my friends. Um, I was experiencing something and I felt a lot of shame around it. And um, I rang my friend knowing full well that we'd had so many experiences and conversations with each other of sharing vulnerable things. And I know that she would receive Mm. um, this thing well. And she did. And it it was a redeeming experience for mm. me because I was sitting in shame. Like it was one of those mornings where I was like, you know, on the lounge room floor crying and I was like, I just can't get out of this. And that's that cycle of shame that we were talking mm. about. Um, and I just knew I had to break it. And I was mm. like, right, Emmy, you have to put yourself on the line and it's going to suck if she's not going to respond the way yeah. you need her to or if she's busy and just has an offline comment that's not what you need right now. But I was like, right now I need to risk um, her responding well because I've got nothing else. Mm. And it was a redeeming moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, like if you put yourself out there like that and it wasn't a redeeming moment, it's then having the courage to do that again, which is so hard. Like we're not sitting here saying that this is not very, very difficult. Mm. Um, But it's like, yes, people are possibly going to respond badly and that's possibly going to continue to confirm the the narrative (laughs) that vulnerability and connection are hard and too hard and spirals mm. of shame and fear and all those sorts of things. But it's continuing to have the courage to step out, to be vulnerable in order to connect with others, to break That's those right. cycles of shame and fear. Because at the end of the day, that is what it means to be human. Yeah. And there's a deep sense of, I don't know, satisfaction or contentment mm. when we engage in these things because we know that we're made for them. Mm. And like, again, like Brene Brown says, and also like the <laughs> biblical narrative shows, it's also the place where love and joy our experience. Yes, it's the birthplace yeah. of those beautiful things. Yes, absolutely. Yep. We thought to wrap up um, our session. Our session? Oh, gosh. It sounds like a therapy <laughs> session. I know. It's because I'm thinking about my psychologist now because I'm all in the fields. <laughs> um, I'd shout her out, but maybe that's inappropriate. Um, go to therapy, everyone. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, I are going to choose one card from mm-hmm. our card game that we played mm-hmm. the other day. Um, and we're going to practice being vulnerable. Yes, in front of an audience of people that might, <laughs> after we just said, don't necessarily do it in front of a large crowd of people. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. So in case you're wondering, uh, there is a YouTube channel called Yes Theory. If you are not familiar with them, go watch their stuff. It's great. Sophie's obsessed. I am a little bit obsessed. Um, they have a card pack called Spark and the goal mm. is that it sparks conversation connection. and connection. That's right. And so there's 200 questions that are meant to help you connect with others. They say with strangers, I'm not quite at that level yet, so I'm going to do this with Emma. <laughs> great. Oh, my gosh. Right. I'm so nervous Pick right a card, now. Emma. Oh, my gosh. Whoa, okay. <laughs> my question is, using just one word, how would you describe your relationship with yourself? Oh. Hmm. Um, that is a vulnerable question. The first word that came to mind was challenging. Mm. And it doesn't sound very vulnerable to just be like, oh, it's challenging. It sounds quite broad, but in the sense of it being really up and down, that some days mm. I'm like, I know who I am and I know what I stand for and I feel such a deep sense of love and belonging for myself. And then other days it's like I hate absolutely everything about me mm. and not even like on the self-love train. I'm just like, no, deeply I feel so... Um, like intrinsically broken that mm. I can't even stand myself. Like I'm repulsed by myself. Mm. That's the kind of level of um, like, yeah, if we're looking at a spectrum, mm. it's probably up either end um, and it's hard to find a middle ground. Mm. So I'd say I find it really challenging, mm. the relationship with myself. 
Well, thank you for sharing that with me and with everybody listening. Thanks for being empathetic, Sophie. <laughs> what on the days that are oh, hard? No, yeah, on the days that are hard, what are the things that help? Ooh, oh, <laughs> literally, literally, empathy from other people, mm. like being open enough to just be like, I am having a shocking time, and mm. I hate everything about me, and I'm repulsed by what I'm doing mm. in my life. And that was, and ex- that's what I was talking about the other day mm. when I rang my friend because I was like, I'm in this pit and I can't get out. And it was literally connection with someone else that drew me out. It was like there I was sitting in the bottom of a pit and they mm. just threw their hand in and said, let me help you. Mm. And it was being vulnerable and having the courage to say I need help actually and someone, yeah, pulling me out of that. There you go. Mm. Brene Brown has another video on <laughs> um, on empathy. Oh, The one, I don't know if you've seen it, it's like a the cartoon um, one, the cartoon one yeah. where it is a pit and right. the person actually gets down into the pit with the person who's struggling mm. and it's a whole thing about empathy. It's really beautiful. Maybe mm. I'll remember to Check link it. Out. Yeah. Sophie, your right. turn for a question. You can hold the cards. Let me pick one. I know what these questions are and I don't want any of them. <laughs> so that's excellent. Oh, this is a related, almost related to what you've just said. What do you like most about yourself? Hmm. And like, that's almost that, like, I know the question you just answered and the way you answered that, hmm. like really kind of challenging and vulnerable for you. It's hard to answer a question like this when you're feeling like, I don't know what it is that I like about uh-huh. myself. Totally. Um, so you're going to have to give me a second. Not that I'm necessarily always in that place, but all of the things going on at the moment mm-hmm. in my world that I can't share about yet yeah. um, are making that a challenging question to answer. Mm. When I'm at my best, I think the way I would answer this mm. question, when I'm at my best, I know I can come across a little bit abrasive sometimes, <laughs> but being like ballsy, willing to say things yeah. how it is um is one of my favorite things about mm, myself mm. I agree mm, yeah <laughs> like sometimes when you want empathy I'm not necessarily the person to come to because right. I'll say things <laughs> pretty blunt that'll make you is. cry but um when so, when a lot of, lot of times the world will say women shouldn't mm. be like that they yeah. shouldn't you know speak like that or shouldn't be so confident um that is probably one of my favorite things about myself yeah Mm. across the board Mm. I affirm that in you thank you thank you for hearing that and thank you for letting me take the time to say it that's it Mm. we have a challenge (laughs) for you guys (laughs) we do and it's one that we that both like before we started recording made us both cringe a little bit oh literally a big eye roll came from me (laughs) I did present this idea. I had this idea this morning that what would it look like if we did a 30-day vulnerability challenge? Anyone can join in with us. It's not like, you know, at the end of 30 days, we'll all be cured and we'll be able to stand in front of a crowd of a thousand people. We'll be ripped with vulnerability. (laughs) (laughs) But what would it look like over the next like 30 days to any time we feel ourselves wanting to withdraw or shrink back or Mm. not be vulnerable? Right, or stay in that cycle of shame. What would it look like for us to at least be aware of that, to Mm. recognise it? To be vulnerable with ourselves to go, this is a moment where I want to shrink back. Right. And then maybe even have the courage to find someone safe Mm. to tell about it. Mm. It's Mm. not the most, you know, post it on Instagram, get the likes kind of thing, you know, like it's not the kind of challenge where it's like, 
you know, show other people online about it. It's a kind of challenge where it's like, we've talked about vulnerability. It's something we both need to practice. Yeah. You've been doing a great job recently at doing it. I have not been practicing it at all because <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, but what would it look like for us just to be aware for the next month of the times where we want to withdraw and get into that pattern of shame and fear? Mm. And then what would it look like for us to break that at least with ourselves, if not finding another person to do that with? That's right. Because at the end of the day, it's about you and your character and you wanting to grow and mm. living more into your humanity. Yes. And so maybe that is the challenge, right? Yeah. Be vulnerable. This 30 days of vulnerability is really going to teach you mm. what it looks like to live more into your humanity. Yeah. Because if humanity, if if being human is about being connected and in relationship with others, mm vulnerability is the thing that fosters that Mm -hmm. shame and fear is the thing that gets in the way of that what does it look like for us to intentionally consider being vulnerable Mm. Mm. work out what it means to be more truly human so good so hard (laughs) (laughs) so good so hard yeah well that's it Mm. we've got nothing else to say (laughs) (laughs) we're done being vulnerable for today that's right uh we've hit the quota We challenge you, we encourage you. Mm. There's tension in this. So feel that, embrace that. And we look forward to chatting with you soon. All right, see you guys later. Bye. Bye.